8 Tishrei, Ches Tishrei, Tzadik, his life, 10, 113. In Kremenchuk, I spoke to a man whose father had been the attendant of the Rav of Neshchiz at the time of the Rebbe's visit. This man told me his father had said that the Rav had treated the Rebbe with extraordinary honor, and in spite of his great weakness, he accompanied the Rebbe on his way when he left his house. When he came back to the house after leading his guest on the way, the Rav said, If I had come into the world for nothing other than that Rabbi Nachman might step over my threshold, it would have been enough. After leaving the Rav of Neshchiz, the Rebbe visited the well-known Hasidic leader of Tzvi Aryeh of Alek. According to reports from followers of the Rebbe, the main thing the Rebbe was concerned with in these meetings was the subject of visions. The Rebbe did not agree with them about what they considered to be visions. He had had great arguments with the Rav of Neshchiz, who was well known for his visions. The Rebbe argued with him at length about this. I am not certain about the details, but the main point was that the Rebbe said that the form in which they saw what they experienced was not correct. The Rav of Neshchiz once sent a message to him saying, Tell him that before he came to the city I saw the angel Matat, and he described what he had seen. As far as I recall, I heard that the Rav said he had literally seen Matat. It would appear that on another occasion the Rav had claimed to the Rebbe, I saw such and such, but the Rebbe would not accept this and said, This is not how Matat appears. I have seen him in such and such a form, and this is the true way to see Matat. Several other issues were raised in this connection, but I was not with the Rebbe when he spoke about them, and I heard nothing from him directly about them. All I heard was that he had visited the Rav of Neshchiz, and he told me a number of other stories he had heard then about the Rav's relationship with his teacher, the saintly Reb Michal of blessed memory, and how afterward, on his return, he had visited the Rav of Alek. The Rav had already heard all the points raised in the Rebbe's arguments against the Rav of Neshchiz, because the dispute was a familiar subject in the region. When the Rebbe spent a Shabbat with the Rav of Alek, the Rav spoke at length at each of the Shabbat meals on the subject of visions. At each meal he gave Torah discourses, connecting everything with the question of visions. He wanted to show that he had real visions. The Rebbe disagreed with him completely, yet he said absolutely nothing. Prior to his visit, he had prayed to God and thought out carefully how he should behave with the Rav. This was why he said nothing throughout the Shabbat. Afterward, on Saturday night, the Rebbe went to his room in the Rav's house, and the Rav himself came in. He said, You still don't believe me when I say I have had visions. I will give you decisive proof that I do. The Rav once again embarked on a Torah discourse in an attempt to prove to the Rebbe that he had visions. Only then did the Rebbe reply to him, Many have tried to explain the chariot, Ezekiel 1, yet they never saw it in their life, Megillah 24b. Rebbe Nachman's Wisdom, His Praises, 13. This was the Rebbe's way. He would serve God with many such simple-minded devotions, divorcing himself from all sophistication. It was not that he was incapable of sophistication. Nothing could be further from the truth. He was an outstanding genius, capable of great depth even as a child, as all who knew him could attest. Yet he made absolutely no use of his brilliance when it came to serving God. His devotion would be as simple as possible. He would study Torah, do good deeds, and pray and plead in seclusion, 
expressing his thoughts before God. He required nothing more complicated than this. This was the Rebbe's true genius. He immediately grasped this most basic principle, that sophistication is totally unnecessary when one is serving God. This is truly the greatest wisdom. The Rebbe spoke of this many times. One does not have to be a genius to serve God. Just be simple and sincere, without any cleverness. The Aleph Bet Book Hospitality A. 1. An inhospitable person strengthens the hands of evildoers so that they do not return to God in repentance. 2. The inhabitants of a city in which hospitality is not practiced will turn to immoral behavior, and this, in turn, will bring murder into their midst. 3. Hospitality brings a woman to be blessed with children. 4. Receiving guests is like receiving Shabbat. 5. A person who welcomes a Torah scholar into his home is considered as having offered the daily sacrifice. 6. Hospitality is even greater than arriving early at the house of Torah study and receiving the Divine Presence. 7. Jews who have no rabbis in their midst are like Samaritans. B. 1. A person's hospitality causes people to revere him. 2. Hospitality is a segula for restoring a woman's menses. 3. God's holiness validates and affirms the prominence of the generation's leaders. This, in turn, brings everyone to value the mitzvah of hospitality, and the Torah scholars to merit having the law follow their opinion. Kitzur Likutei Moharan 1, Lesson number 4, 3. The primary rectification of all sins comes about through the true tzaddik. A person who wishes to merit a final outcome that is good and everlasting must try with all his might to draw close to true tzaddikim and their students. He must tell the tzaddik all that is in his heart, that is, he should confess to him. By doing so, all his sins will be forgiven. For a person's sins are etched on his bones, as every transgression consists of a combination of letters. When one commits a particular transgression, a bad letter combination is etched on his bones in accordance with the letters of the Torah prohibition that he transgressed. This brings the verbal expression of this Torah prohibition which he transgressed into the realm of spiritual impurity. And this brings the kingdom of holiness into the exile of the other side. And the bad letter combination etched on his bones takes vengeance on him. By confessing before the Torah scholar, a person removes the letters etched on his bones and rectifies everything. 4. The tremendous humility of the true tzaddikim to the point that they are as nothing enables them to expiate sins. 5. A person who wishes to go in the way of holiness must break all the negative character traits that derive from the four elements, as it is taught. He should also express his whole heart before the Torah scholar, that is, he should confess to him, and the Torah scholar will explain and clarify for him the path he should follow according to the root of his soul. 6. There are three stages in attachment to tzaddikim, and by means of these three stages everything is rectified. The first stage is when the person sees the tzaddik. In doing so, he nullifies the negative character traits that derive from the two elements of mineral and vegetable, namely sadness, indolence, and their related traits, and negative bodily desires, 
Then he attains joy, zeal, and diligence. Rabbi Nachman's Stories The Lost Princess The Viceroy traveled many, many years, searching for him until he finally found him. He encountered another huge giant, just like the first one, and he was also carrying an immense tree. This giant asked the same questions as his brother had, and the Viceroy replied, telling him the entire story and how his brother had sent him here. The second giant also discouraged him, saying, This is obviously something that does not exist. But the Viceroy pressed his convictions to him, too. The giant said to him, I am in charge of all the birds. I will summon them. Perhaps they know. He called all the birds, large and small, and asked every one of them. They all replied that they did not know of any such mountain or castle. The giant said to him, Don't you see that it certainly does not exist anywhere in the world? Listen to me and go home. Obviously no such thing exists. The viceroy pressed him and said, But it certainly does exist somewhere in the world. Restore my soul. Likute Moharan. 14. There are places so low that they seem totally divorced from God. Yet it is precisely there that the most exalted life force is concealed. These are the secrets of Torah. A person who has fallen far must know that in the very place he finds himself, he can achieve unique closeness to God because of the exalted life force that is concealed in that very place. When such a person returns to God, a very high revelation of Torah comes about, the secrets of Torah. Lukute Moharan 1, 56 15. There are times a person feels the stirring to return to God. He wants to begin to serve God and to make the journey to the tzaddik who can guide him. At such a moment, he has to face the full force of the evil inclination. It takes great strength and persistence to withstand this new evil, evil inclination that seems to be born afresh at every turn. It can happen that someone has a great urge to make the journey to men of truth. He sets out with tremendous yearning, but as soon as he is on the way, his desire dampens, and at times, when he finally arrives and comes to the tzaddik himself, he seems to lose his desire altogether. All this comes about because as soon as he made up his mind to make the journey to the tzaddik, he slaughtered the evil inclination he had had before. Now there is a new and far stronger evil inclination that is born afresh in him at every moment. For the greater the man, the greater his evil inclination. Sukkah 52a It is a great thing to seek to draw closer to God. That is why it takes renewed efforts at every moment to fight this new evil inclination that keeps being born afresh with every passing moment. Lakute Moharan 1, 72 Rabnasan's Letters, Year 1, Letter Number 6 with God's help, Monday, Chayesara, 5584, Breslov. Peace, blessing, life, and all good to my honored son, Rabbi Yitzchak. May he live long. I received two beautiful letters from you. The first came on Simchat Torah, when we were rejoicing in the joy that knows no limit, the joy of being a Jew. For we are his chosen nation. He has given us his precious Torah and has brought us into his service. It was in the middle of our rejoicing that I received your letter. How happy I was to see it! How happy your words made me! In the second letter in particular, which arrived last week, 
you told me what I so longed to hear, that with God's help, the Lord's perfect Torah is with you. Please, my son, whom I love as myself, summon everything you have and apply yourself tirelessly to your studies. It is your portion in life. How good it is when a person takes on the yoke in his youth. Really work to concentrate when you pray. Focus your thoughts on each and every word of the prayer and think about it when you say it. Constantly grasp your thoughts and don't let them wander as you have in the past. Leave your old ways behind, my son. Be careful and be strong. Muster all the strength and intelligence you have and abandon these ways. Just hold on to your thoughts and think about nothing else. Because a person has control over what he thinks and can turn his thoughts in any direction he wants. It is impossible to think two thoughts at once, as is explained clearly in the Rebbe's books, Likutei Moharan 1, 233, Likutei Moharan 2, 50. Excessive contemplation is one of the things that prevent a person from returning to God. Beyond what I have written here, make absolutely certain that you study the Rebbe's books very, very closely, because they contain advice and strategies that will rescue this, rescue from this foreign thoughts. The main thing is what I said above, that you must know and believe that as the Rebbe said, a person can direct his thoughts wherever he wishes. And if, God forbid, they do sometimes wander, you can simply grab them and pull them back where they belong. It is explained in the Rebbe's holy books that just as when a horse strays from the path, you grab it by the halter and pull it back to the straight path, so can you do exactly the same with your thoughts. It is explained in the Rebbe's holy books that just as when a horse strays from the path, you grab it by the halter and pull it back to the straight path, so can you do exactly the same with your thoughts. This applies particularly during prayer, when distracting thoughts are at their strongest. Because all the thoughts which periodically arise to distract the person during the day return to him just at the time he is praying, as is explained in Likutei Moharan 1, Lesson 30. You must constantly fortify yourself against these extraneous thoughts during prayer. And the key to defeating them is simply to sit and do nothing. Do not pay them the slightest attention. Neither address them nor look at them at all. Just think about the words of the prayer coming out of your mouth, and the other thoughts will vanish. Reb Letters, Year 2 Letter number 233. You should know, my beloved son, that you filled me with life by bringing these words out of my heart and onto paper through your enormous desire for good. While these words have long been implanted in my heart, even more than I have written, and while I have already spoken about them a great deal, they nonetheless were awakened in me anew. While it is true that we talk about fulfilling the dictum to view the words of the Torah as new every day, still, this dictum itself must not grow old for us, and so on forever. The words of your father, forced to close, since the time has arrived for the afternoon prayers, which Isaac, our father, instituted. May the master of the f salvation allow us to fulfill, and Isaac went out to pray in the fields. Genesis 24:63, And may he allow us to express ourselves before our Creator very much every day and to daily strengthen ourselves anew in this practice. No matter what happens in the meantime, from one day to the next, a person should know and believe that no good word is ever lost. And when its back grew hot, it flipped over. 
to disprove and eradicate the view that it is dry land, God forbid. In this area, most of all, we must fortify ourselves and fulfill the teaching on the verse, He saw the place from afar, as above. Understand this well, my dear son. Attend to all this with straightforwardness in order to truly put it into practice with all the strength you can possibly muster. For this warning to persist in talking to God relates directly to you as well. Even if untoward things are happening to us in the meantime, you are not required to finish the work, but you are not permitted to neglect it either. Ashrenu, how fortunate we are to have spiritual tools such as these that we can talk about. How very, very much we must give thanks for the past. If our mouths were full of song as the sea, it would still not be enough. Through this thanksgiving we will have the strength to cry out and to request every day over the future. Then most of the day will be spent in joy. Thank God we have plenty to be happy about. After all the kindness that God has done with us, and that he is going to do with us in the future. For now, too, we see from afar our hope and our eternal salvation, exactly what I said above. Understand these things well for happiness and joy, so that you can turn everything into joy. The words of your Father, waiting from afar for complete salvation soon. Nassan of Breslov Greetings to all our comrades with a mighty love. All these words were meant for them as well, each one according to his own place and time. If they want, they have permission to read these words of mine. For thank God, we need not be ashamed of these words before the entire congregation of the Jewish people. But the machloket necessitates that they be concealed. For just as it is a mitzvah to say something that will be heeded, it is also a mitzvah not to say something that will not be heeded. Yivamot 65b as for a person who wants to hear the truth, give to a wise person, and he will grow wiser, for words of truth will stand forever. Nasan, as above. Shemot HaTzadikim, B'nai David, Daniel, Shefatya, Yitra'am, Shima, Shovav, Natan, Shlomo, Yivchar, Elishama, Elifalet, Noga, Nefeg, Yafia, Elishama, Eliada, Elifelet, Batsheva, mother of Shlomo Hamelech. Malchei Beit David, Asa, Yehoshaphat, Yehoash, Uziyahu, Yotam, Yechizkiyahu, Yoshiyahu, Tzidkiyahu. Bnei Yechania, Asir, Shealtiel, Malkiram, Fedaya, Shen Atzar, Yekamia, Hoshama, Nedavia, Bnei Fedaya, Zerubavel, Shimi, Ben Zerubavel, Meshulam, Chananya, Shlomit, their sister, Chashuva, Ohel, Verechia, Chasadia, Yushav Chesed, Chamesh, Pilatia, Yeshaya, Raphaya, Arnan, Ovadia, Shechania, Shemaya, Chatush, Yigal, Variach, Nearia, Shafat, Elioenai, Chizkia, Azrikam, Hodavyahu, Eliashiv, Felaya, Akuv, Yochanan, Delaya, Anani. Rabnasan's Prayers 1. Prayer number 5. Master of the Universe, you know the shame and pain of the downcast. Remember the preciousness of my poor soul. Take pity on me in your tender kindness. Help me. 
Strengthen me and encourage me. Sanctify me with your exalted holiness. Let your holiness and purity be drawn down upon me, so that from now on I will be able to guard myself against all improper thoughts, against mental confusion, and especially against skepticism and sinful thoughts of any kind. Let my thoughts always be holy, clear, and free of all impurity. Faith in the tzaddikim. Lovingly help me have faith in the true tzaddikim. Let no doubts whatsoever enter my mind on account of the disputes between the true tzaddikim. Let me have complete faith in all the true tzaddikim, and let me have no questions either about them or on account of the disputes between them. Master of the Universe, it is true that I have wasted the drops of my mind and soul, and it is my own deficiencies that make it hard for me to draw close to the true tzaddikim and develop genuine faith in them. This is the reason for the doubts I have about them. But still, Hashem, please do not treat me according to my sins. Don't judge me harshly, in spite of all the wrong I have done. For your sake, if not for mine, fulfill my request and let no questions and doubts about the true tzaddikim or their disputes enter my heart. Grant that I should have genuine, perfect faith in them at all times. Lovingly and tenderly help me come back to you sincerely and walk the path of life. Let me fix everything I have damaged. Have compassion on me and bring me back from death to life, from chametz to matzah, from bad fear to good fear from a spoiled voice and a spoiled intellect to a good voice and a good mind. Give me the wisdom to know the path of life and let me be satisfied with the joy of seeing your face so as to enjoy the pleasantness of your merciful right hand forever. For with you is the source of life. In your light, we will see light. Love and fear of God. Our Father in heaven, it is from you that all the living have their share of life. Living God, our portion and our rock. Save us from death. Redeem us from destruction. Keep me and all your people, the house of Israel, from all kinds of evil thoughts and doubts. They are called the side of death. In your abundant love and kindness, grant me life. Let me live a life that is truly good, long, and eternal. Help me sanctify my mind, the wellspring of living waters. Bring me to love and cherish your great name with a true love that will rise up to you directly. Unify my heart to love and fear your name. Save me from fallen fears, so that I will have no fear of anything in the world besides you. Let your fear be upon my face, so that I will never sin. Help me pray to you with all my strength. Let me put all my energy into the words of the prayers and bring forth the sounds and words with great force. Let my voice penetrate my mind and resound in my heart like thunder, inspiring my heart to your service. Let the thunder of my voice and words bring me to a genuine fear of heaven, so that my words will be a resounding influence drawing myself and others to serve and fear you. Let the voice of our prayers rise and find favor before you, like the seven voices with which King David cried out over the water. The voice of Hashem is upon the waters. The God of glory thunders. Hashem is upon vast waters. The voice of Hashem is in power. Let the crookedness of my heart be smoothed out completely. The stubbornness of my heart will depart. I will not know evil. Bring me to be truly pure-hearted and let me always face God honestly. For the sake of heaven, may it be your will, Hashem, my God and God of my fathers, 
to lovingly help me attain great joy, true joy in serving you. As it is written, serve Hashem with happiness and rejoice with trembling. Bring me to fulfill all the mitzvot with a happiness and joy that come from the mitzvah itself. While engaged in each mitzvah, let me rejoice over the fact that you have lovingly given me the privilege of performing this mitzvah. Let all my joy be from the mitzvah alone and not from the thought of the reward I will receive in the world to come. Not to speak of any honor or other extraneous benefits I anticipate from other people or other mundane advantages of any kind. Let my entire joy be from the mitzvah itself. Let my world to come be in the actual performance of the mitzvah so that I will have no wish for any reward for the mitzvah in the next world. Let my reward be that you will grant me another mitzvah, as taught by our sages, the reward for a mitzvah is a mitzvah. Through your holy mitzvot, which are your unity, let me become fully merged with you, and fulfill through me the words of the Psalms, Hashem will rejoice in his works, and Israel will rejoice in their maker. Take joy in us, through granting us the opportunity to carry out actions that are good in your eyes, and let our joy be in you. By lovingly helping us perform our mitzvot with joy, give us the power to bring vitality and divine blessing into our 248 limbs and 365 sinews, and into the entire world, the entire year, and the three dimensions, space, time, and soul. Let all of them be blessed and receive goodness, vitality, holiness, and purity through our fulfillment of the mitzvot with great joy. Taking Responsibility for the World Master of the Universe, help us fulfill perfectly the teaching of our sages. Every single person is obliged to say the world was created for my sake. Help me keep these words in my heart constantly, in order that I should always steer clear of even the smallest sin or anything else that goes contrary to your will so that I never become the cause of any kind of deficiency, damage, or impediment, whether in myself or in the world as a whole. Instead, let me always be watchful for anything I can do to improve or benefit the world, or provide for its needs, and let me pray for the world.